Pastor Xavier Reese laments the outcome of a wasted blessing. If you are an heir of a million dollars, but you never claim it, it doesn't mean it's not yours. It means you can't enjoy it. And we as Christians, we have a great inheritance. We have great and many promises that God has given to us. And the sad thing is that as Christians sometimes, people live far less than the position that God has given to them. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Financial struggles, a difficult marriage, sickness. You don't have to look for problems. Anyone can point them out. But it takes someone with special vision to see the promises that God has in store for those who are willing to walk by faith. Today, we meet such a person as Pastor Xavier takes us back to the Old Testament book of Joshua for today's Simple Truths. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 through 15. And the message is entitled, Caleb Walked by Faith. The land has been conquered for the most part. 31 kings have been listed for the historical record. And now the possession of the land is left. Three campaigns have comprised the occupation of the land. The central campaign, Jericho and Ai, in Joshua 6 through 9. The southern campaign against Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, as he called four other kings to unite uh, with him against Gibeon and Israel in Joshua 10. In the northern campaign, a confederacy of kings headed by King Jabon of Hazor to stop Israel from taking the land in chapter 11. All that there is left to do is to move into the various areas of the land and to take possession of them. But there would be small resistance. It's like the storm at sea. The storm may be over right now, but the sea's not calm for days and weeks. <laughs> and that's the way the possession of the land won. They've entered in, they've conquered it, now they have to possess it. And therefore here in chapter 14, Eliezer, Joshua, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes were going to distribute the land to the various tribes of Israel. In chapter 14 here, verse 1 through 5, God would be the one making the divisions of the land to the tribes, their families, their individuals, without partiality and according to their need. In fact, the names of the individuals of the fathers, the heads of them, is given to us in the book of Numbers, chapter 34, verse 16 through 29. Uh, so this was all prearranged by God through Moses before entering the land. Their inheritance was designated by God at the hand of Moses through lots, as verse 2 tells us here in the chapter. And lots uh, was a way by which God determined his will to be known. Uh, in fact, Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast into the lamp, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Uh, another way that the mind of God was known was through the Urim and the Thummim, which was the pouch on his breastplate that it's believed to be a white and a black rock. We're not sure, but those are the two ways which God made his will known, other than just making himself known to the prophets or directly to an individual. Now, it is at this time that Caleb comes to Joshua and asks for a particular portion of land as his inheritance and it unfolds for us in three movements here from verse 6 
to 15. Let me read our passage for us. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephnah, the Kenzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty-five years, ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day, as on the day of Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to, to Caleb, the son of Jephna, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kenzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirhath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. The request of Caleb for a particular portion of land is unfolded for us here through three movements. First, Caleb remembered the past promise of faith, verses 6 through 9. The past promise of faith. Secondly, Caleb reclaimed the present promise of hope in verse 10 and 11. And then thirdly, Caleb realized the future promise of love, verse 12 through 15. So you have faith, hope, and love that's being unfolded here. Let's begin here with verse 6 through 9. Caleb remembered the past promise of faith. Notice in verse 6, Caleb recalled to Joshua the promise of God. You must always begin with the promise of God, what God has revealed. If you start with man, you'll miss God. <laughs> you must start with God. The word of God, the revelation of God. Not what men say about God, but what God says about himself. Very, very important. Notice the man Caleb came up with the tribes of Judah to Gilgal. The place of Gilgal is the encampment of the armies of Israel. This Gilgal probably was not the same as when they first crossed the Jordan. We've made this mention before. It's probably towards the center of the land by, where they went to Shechem, uh, there with Mount Ebal, Mount Gerizim. But nevertheless, Gilgal had a lot of history in terms of the name. Remember when they came across? That it was the first place where they stepped out in view of a life of faith, and they stepped into the Jordan at flood season, and God gave them great hope in chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. Gilgal reminded them of that. That was when they trusted God to get across the Jordan at flood time. But also Gilgal was a place where God had called them to be circumcised, to cut off that flesh life in chapter 5, verse 2 through 5. They were entering a different sphere of life now. God declared Gilgal rolling. He had rolled away their shame. The reproach of Egypt. No longer were they to be wandering, being people of no faith, but people who were possessing the promises that God gave to them. Now they were in the land. Chapter 5, verse 9. 
And so Gilgal was a place where they kept the Passover and the manna ceased. They ate the produce of the land. God had fulfilled his word, chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. And so Gilgal marked a new beginning of a new life to possess the land, the inheritance that God had promised. And we as Christians, we have a great inheritance. We have great and many promises that God has given to us. And the sad thing is that as Christians sometimes, people live far less than the position that God has given to them. If you are an heir of a million dollars, but you never claim it, it doesn't mean it's not yours. It means you can't enjoy it. That's all it is. And so we need to know the word of God. Now, notice the man Caleb there in verse 1 was the son of Jephna, the Kenzite. Caleb was the son of Jephna of the tribe of Judah and is recorded in the book of Numbers 13 verse 6. Here also and in Joshua 15, 17. And his name means dog. It doesn't sound very nice at first because we know the names are given for character or situation under which they were born. And by implication, the only thing we can see knowing the life of Caleb is his boldness and his impetuousness related to his character. He was a man who loved and trusted God. And so simply understood probably for his faithfulness, regardless of the obstacles, regardless of the difficulties, he was faithful and committed. Now, notice Caleb was the son of Jephna, it says, the Kenzite. That means he was a Gentile descent. He wasn't an Israelite, naturally. And so here you have another man of faith, apart from the people of God, as um, Rahab and other people. That God is open to the heart. Though God chose Israel, he was always open. And Israel was to be a light to the world, even those after they went in. And then they were to be centripetal. In other words, they were to bring people into the nation as proselytes once God began to rule. We are the church. We are centrifugal. We go out to the nations and we minister the gospel. Two different operations. Now, notice that um, here being a Gentile... His genealogy is traced back to Genesis chapter 36, verse 11, 15, and 42. And he's identified with the leading Edomite family of Eliphaz, Esau's firstborn of the line of Esau, the type of the flesh. Jacob, type of the spirit. His name was changed to Israel, governed by God. In fact, the name of the tribe is referred to in the covenant that God made with Abraham as one of the tribes to occupy the land in Genesis 15, 19. One commentator put it this way, Easton. He says, they are not mentioned among the original inhabitants and probably inhabited some part of Arabia in the confines of Syria. So here again we see the openness of God. God rejecting nobody. Notice then Caleb should not be confused with anyone else. There's two other people that are named Caleb in 1 Chronicles 2, 9. And he was uh, one of the three sons of Haran, of the tribe of Judah. There's another one, Caleb, the son of Hur, in um, 1 Chronicles 2, 50. So we want to keep them distinct. Sometimes people confuse them. Now, notice here the man Caleb. He reminded Joshua about the personal word Yahweh had told Moses about him and Joshua. In verse 1 at the end there. The place was Kadesh Barnea. Remember with me. 
They had already come to the point of the boundaries of the land and they were going to enter the land. This is the scenario. And the occasion was that Caleb and Joshua along with ten other men had gone out to spy the land and they went in to confirm the abundance of the land. They didn't have to go, but they wanted to go. So God said, sure, send them. The problem was that Caleb and Joshua came back with a good report while the other ten, as you know, came back with a discouraging or evil report. Caleb was being very specific when he said to Joshua, Notice, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Very specific. You find this in Numbers 14.30. Listen to the words. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephna, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. God speaking. Very specifically. Of all... Those millions of people over the age of 20, two only entered the land. Very specific words. Caleb was a man of faith, but not by birth. He acted more like an Israelite than the Israelites that went out, the ten. (laughs) Interesting. Notice that Caleb recalled to Joshua his personal faithfulness in the mission in verse 7. Now, he's not tooting his horns, but he's making the connection between what he's asking and what God had promised. Caleb reminds Joshua of his age. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. So Caleb mentions to Joshua the report. First his age, I, and I brought back word to him as was in my heart. Back in the book of Numbers again, in chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb stood in the gap. For God to encourage the people. Listen to the words. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and they became discouraged over the evil report. But he tried to encourage them and his resolve was this. He says, let us go up at once and take possession. Here's the man of faith. Now they both saw the same thing, but one says, oh no, we can't. One says, oh yeah, we can. His confidence was for we are well able to overcome it. Well able. His faith was in God, measuring his enemies against God, not their own might. And this is always the problem with us. We look to a situation and we think it's impossible. Now, because of the extreme teaching of positive confession, nab it and grab it, whatever you want to call it, we sometimes as Christians back off to the other extreme. And we don't want to be accused of that type of heresy. But the Bible does say that certain promises are conditional and some are unconditional, right? The coming of Christ, no one's going to stop. But my living abundantly in the promises of God are very conditional on my stepping out and being obedient to God. So we have to have that balance that the scriptures give to us. We have to be careful. In chapter 14, verse 1 through 10, Caleb did not waver when his life was at risk, in fact. Remember the text, the people began to complain against Moses and Aaron, uh, wishing they had died in Egypt and in the wilderness. And the people accused God of victimizing them. And they said, let us select a leader to return to Egypt. And so the people were entreated by the men of faith, both Caleb and Joshua. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces, as you know, before the congregation. And Joshua and Caleb spoke to the people about the goodness of the land. They pointed out that if God delighted in them, the land was theirs. God has spoken and God has said it. And so they pleaded with them 
not to rebel, nor fear the people. And they were ready to stone all four of them. And God manifested himself, intervened. Hmm. It's easy to go with the crowd. It's the easiest thing to do. If you're a person of integrity, you stand for what God says. Whether it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your friend. Or your pastor. Doesn't make any difference. You stand for God. You don't go with the crowd. Notice Caleb recalled to Joshua the unfaithfulness of the other ten spies. In verse 8. To make sure here he's, he's reminding them that he was not one of them. In verse 8 there, Caleb marked the discouragement produced. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. The ten declared that they were unable to conquer the land, as you know, in Numbers 13. Their failure was in measuring themselves to their enemies. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, God said they weren't. But they're looking to say they are. Hmm. You see, their fear of the giants had caused them to deny the evidence of the land of milk and honey. They brought back the grace from Eshcol. They brought back evidence. They saw it with their own eyes. But because of fear, they denied what they saw. And this is always the case if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord. You know, as big as the moon is, I can blot it out with my thumb. And the sun. <laughs> it depends on perspective. The Lord said, I have pardoned according to your words, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God because all these men who have seen my glory in the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Numbers 14, 21 through 23. God is patient, God is good, God leads us, but there are certain lines we cross and that's it. The opportunity has gone. Notice Caleb marked the clear distinction from them. But I wholly followed the Lord, my God, in verse 8 there. The word is found in the book of Numbers. Listen to it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. Numbered 1424. A different spirit in him. He followed me fully. Entirely. Caleb's trust in God was. An evident contrast to the ten. Who gave the evil report by the word but. Caleb was called by God. My servant. Caleb was declared by God to have. A different spirit in him. Caleb was said to follow the Lord fully, wholly, or entirely. These are very purposeful contrasts that are given. And he makes mention of this. All of us need to mark this because all of us will walk through and see giants and walled cities in our life. We will have those difficulties. By the way, this statement appears six other times in Numbers, Deuteronomy and Joshua, holy, of a different spirit. In fact, the word, Hebrew word means full in abundance. 
and is used to describe a ship in full sail. You ever see a ship where the, the wind just catches it? <laughs> Completely and under its influence. That's the word. He therefore and his descendants were promised the land. Only them. Now, look at verse 9. Caleb recalled the promise of Moses. Some believe there's a contradiction here, but there isn't. The promise was perpetual. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children, listen, forever. Forever. God had promised it. It was going to be done. Now as we're going to see, there's, there's time that's last. Okay, it didn't come overnight. The words of Moses were the words of God to Moses in Numbers 14, 21 through 24. God first gave them words. But now the words were also the words of Moses. You know why? Because as you read them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 35, he had given those words to the second generation that was going to occupy the land completely. So they were the words that God gave to Moses and Joshua and Caleb. And then Moses repeated to the second generation, lest they should charge Joshua or Caleb with usurping. So in two ways, it was the words of God and it was the words of Moses. No contradiction at all. And so the promise was for personal faithfulness because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb was responsible for, listen, his own life of faith. Caleb alone reaped the benefits in his life of obedience in faith. My life cannot affect you directly, only indirectly. Your life for me. You have to be the one stepping out on what God has promised you. Some people live, like I said, a, a, a substandard life. Um, it could be in your marriage. It could be with your children. It can be whatever it may be because you refuse to die to self and claim the promises of God that you are able to live the life of the Spirit, that you are able to reckon your old sin nature dead. Whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. The failure is not in God. It's always in us. When um, Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary, first went to China, he was sailing on a vessel in a ship, and uh, it was very close to shore to these islands of the cannibals, and, uh, and the wind died down, so it was slowly drifting towards the shore, unable to, to go out towards the open sea. And so the cannibals were getting kind of smack in their lips and that. And so the captain came to Mr. Taylor and besought him to pray for the help of God. I will, said Taylor, provided that you set your sails to catch the breeze. The captain declined to make himself a laughing stock by unfurling his sails in a dead calm. Taylor said, I will not undertake to pray for the vessel unless you will prepare the sails. And so it was done. While engaged in prayer, there was a knock at the door of his room. And uh, Mr. Taylor said, who is there? And the captain's voice responded, are you still praying for wind? Yes. Well, said the captain, you better stop praying for we have more wind than we can manage. Not a story, but a fact. Hmm. Faith acts on God's word and sees him work. If God was sending him to China, then God was going to take care of things, right? But he couldn't just kick back 
and do nothing. Pastor Xavier Reese, closing with a final thought on the power of faith in action. And this message can be heard again anytime by clicking on the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Just browse for today's date. You can also request a copy of today's encouraging study from the book of Joshua titled, Caleb Walked by Faith. As always, it's available on CD for just $4. Make sure you pass along this heartwarming message to someone in your church. Once again, you'll be asking for Caleb Walked by Faith, or simply mention today's date with your request. And here's where to write. Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. Well, how do you keep going, even when the odds are against you? Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com